are listening to Up To Me Radio, the best in inspirational talk radio. What do you see when you watch women in ministry? Their giftedness, their ability to speak well while delivering a great message. Do you admire their organizational skills or their leadership skills? Do you wish you could delegate the way they do? Or do you simply wish you could enjoy life as much as they seemingly do every day in full peace, all joy, all the time? Is that what we think about women in leadership? Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Women Behind the Ministry, a four-part series to discover the many facets that we are not always privy to see in women of ministry. My name is Kim Crable, and I'll be hosting this very special series that I believe that you'll find not only informational, but also very inspirational. I am a radio host of Coffee with Kim on Up To Me Radio celebrating my fifth year, which I can't believe, my fifth fifth year interviewing people with fascinating stories of how God has worked in their lives. I am the founder and director of the global ministry, Roses and Rainbows, which encompasses a TV talk show, national speaking engagements, and of course, authoring the ministry's books and curriculums. But let's talk a little bit more about Up To Me Radio, because it is celebrating its 10th year and bringing you the best inspirational talk in radio and podcast. Our founder, Melinda Davis, wanted to celebrate this anniversary through amplifying the voices of show hosts and guests with specials such as this one that speaks to the hearts. As our motto goes, it is up to me to be the best that I can be. Well, while we all see women in ministry, we see a very narrow view into all they are and all they battle to get the ministry done. And if you're like me, you might wonder, how do others, how how do everyone else deal with everyday situations and, and everyday life? How do they navigate the things that come up in just ordinary, real time life? Like for me recently, my husband had a hard accident and I became a full-time caregiver, but I also had to be able to manage my time to uh, perform the duties of, of ministering the ministry in which I had. I wonder, what could I have learned from other people? How did they do that? What, what were their time management skills? It just, it, it, it so um, makes me wonder what I can learn from other people. So what you're about to see in these next four series is maybe kind of like a behind the scenes into women we admire from the platform of ministries to really see them as the women they are how they think what what guides them the secrets that are tucked in their hearts how they feel oh i think it's going to be such a fabulous uh inside look to women that you know and you admire You know, in the New Testament book of Titus, we're told to be teachers of what is good. We're also to be intentional about making disciples. And what you're about to see is that is what is going to happen. Women who are being intentional. The Bible tells us in Luke 640, a student is not above the teacher, but everyone who is fully trained will be like their teacher. 
he said in this context, it's a warning to all of us that we must find godly teachers to follow. In this series, I promise you that I am putting before you the women that I have found not only to be great teachers of God's word, but lovers of God, godly women with their whole heart, soul, and mind. They teach and live from their love of him. And so with these thoughts in mind, I am honored to once again welcome you to the Women Behind the Ministry, session one entitled The Secret to Great Leadership. And I welcome our incredible panel, Carmen Pate, Jackie Carpenter, and Michelle Wilkin. Well, Wilkins. Welcome, ladies, so much. Thank you so much for being thank a you. part of this. You're so busy. Thank You're you. doing great things. So thank you for giving your time of us. Let's begin. How about you share your name, introduce yourself to us, tell us what you do, and tell us from what state you're coming from tonight. I'm sorry, who we started with. Let's start with Carmen, and then we'll go to you, Jackie, and then we'll end with Michelle. How about that? Okay. All right. I'm Carmen Pate, and I come to you from the Woodlands, Texas, uh, great state of Texas, and uh, here I uh, produce and host a podcast radio program called Saving Grace, Living in Light of God's Love, and I, uh, I have the opportunity to interview theologians, authors of books, people, just uh, average people in life uh, who love the Lord and, and have a message to share to God's people. Uh, that is a, a, a passion of mine, and I also have opportunity to uh, teach at Grace School of Theology and uh, mentor young women across the country, which uh, I've been doing for 30 plus years. Yes. So God continues to use me even through a six year battle with leukemia. Uh, <sighs> and certainly uh, that uh, does bring new challenges, but it does not stop you from serving God. Yes. And that's something I've learned and certainly want to encourage others to know they can keep going on. And you're such an inspiration. Carmen's been, a, was my first real mentor almost 30 years ago. 30 years ago. Oh, so long time. Wow. Wait, wait a minute. I thought I was only 29. Let's wait. <laughs> but I uh, has been such a, um, a steadfast friend and mentor to me. So thank you, Carmen, for taking the time to be here. How about you, Miss Jackie? A new friend. A new friend. Yes. And it's so good to meet you all. And, uh, Yes, I love hearing other people's stories. I mean, yes. I, I love I love it. But I think, you know, when you're anointed, and I didn't even really understand what anointed meant until I was in a courtroom where my son was being tried with murder and the verdict came in. And I made God so many promises through all that. If he would do this, I would do that. If he would do this. And one of the promises was whatever door, if he would just grant our miracle through Psalm 91, whatever door he opened, I would walk through it. And the doors he opened were, he led me to write two books, bring on another writer who wrote two more books that I was partners with. <laughs> then he took those books and we, we produced a movie from the books. And then after that was done, I got a call from uh, an Atlanta TV station wanting to know would I host a, a talk show and I said, no, 
And God said, what did you just do, Jackie? And I said, I just refused to do. He said, but no, you promised me whatever doors I opened, you would walk through them. And you also promised me that you didn't want to tell a few people about Psalm 91. You wanted to tell millions. And I have just opened that door and you have just said no. So I went back and I thought, but here's my, here's my reasoning for that, Kim. There's reasons to that. You know, like this panel right here, I felt like, I didn't know scripture well enough to go on television and discuss. It was a Christian view, but we took topics all that was going on in the day and we discussed it from God's view. And I felt like I didn't know the scriptures well enough to do that. So I did what you just did right here. I went out and I got four of the strongest prayer warriors I knew who nice. could quote those scriptures to come on with me. And to make that show what it was. And it was absolutely fabulous. Right. I did right. that. And then from that, he led me to do the Christian View magazine. From that, he led me to do Christian Vogue magazine. And doing all of those things, I was working full time for my husband as his right. office manager. That, and that's, that's a miracle, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. And, and you know what? And you've given us just right there a lot to talk about. So hold on, girlfriend. Yeah. And you're coming to us from Atlanta, correct? Georgia. Yeah. Just south of Atlanta. Yes. That's Georgia where I moved back. Yeah. I, that's where I am now. I've moved from Baltimore right outside of Atlanta. So welcome, Jackie. Okay. Now let's get Thank over you. to beautiful Michelle. Hello, ladies. I am thrilled to be on the show with you all. Um, so my name is Maisha Wilkins. I'm currently uh, living in Frisco, Texas. Um, my family is West African. And so um, I have a heart for Africa, of course. Um, I do a lot of mission work with my husband in different uh, countries in Africa. My dad, was a missionary. Uh, my dad was a missionary, so that seed was planted long, long ago. Uh, I'm also a worshiper and a, a professional recording artist. So I've sung for Toby and and all kinds of wonderful people that you hear on the radio. And it was a wonderful season of my life to do so. Uh, and I also host a show called Embracing Freedom Today. Uh, it's a podcast. And, uh, mm. and, so, and lastly, I'm currently in school getting my master's in secondary school in organizational leadership. I have a heart for teaching leaders how to be well so that they take care of the people. That's very important to me. So um, that's a little bit about who I am, but thank you. I'm glad to be here. Oh my gosh, Michelle, thank you so much. And I will tell you what, this girl has a voice. Mm -hmm. I mean, and you know, it's not just a voice. It is an anointed yes. voice of ministry. And it, I just, uh, um, I, I just love hearing it. So thank you for, for all three of you. Thank you so much. And thank you for joining me in tonight. So let's get started. You know, the reason that we're really doing this, I, I told you about uh, our, our, our founder wanting to do some special things but you know when she presented this to me and I was thinking about she was talking about doing women in ministry so I began to pray God what would you want us to do as women in ministry as seasoned you know we've been it for a while Michelle's a little younger but she's very seasoned because of her life her parents life you know and I, I want us to start speaking into the younger generation I want us to be the teachers of good things who rightly divide the word, who speak about the, the need of the Holy Spirit and, and speak that truth and to speak what leadership truly is. And so let's start right there. I ask each of you to come up with, you know, something that was uh, important to you to talk about. And we, the three main uh, 
areas that we're going to talk about tonight, which just blends together so well. You know, what what is leadership when we think about leadership? Um, how how do you handle it all in your leadership, and and how do you work with di difficult people and difficult situations in that leadership? So, ladies, we have about thirty minutes to cover a lot, and so let's make this a conversation. But I'm going to start with you, Carmen, because that was your first question. What is leadership? Is it just is is it just leadership? What how do you describe? Uh, a Christ-based leadership that we want to speak into our younger generations? Yes. Well, at first, I, I would say that leadership is a gift from God. Uh, when we are placed in a position of leadership, he expects us to be good stewards of that gift. Uh, we often talk about being stewards of our children that he gives us. Well, when we are in leadership, we are stewards of the people that are under us, that we are supposed to develop and nurture and, and grow in uh, the ministry. So leadership is, is uh, a gift, but it also comes with great responsibility and accountability. God will hold us accountable for the gifts that he gives us. So when he gives us that role, he will look to us to see how we stewarded the gift, meaning did we invest in those that are under us? Did we work to develop them so that they too could become leaders? And you use the word, and, and ladies, I want you all to, I want your thoughts too, but you use the word servant leadership, Carmen. Yes. And I love yes. that because I think that's a total description. That's how Jesus described himself. Let's talk about being a servant leader. Yes. And, uh, and you know, if we, as we realize, Jesus modeled that. Uh, you know, he said the Son of Man came not to be served. He came to serve. Mm -hmm. And everything he did, we think about Jesus washing the feet of the disciple. And he says, you know, I'm your teacher, your Lord. And yet you just saw what I did. So you go and do the same. You go and wash each other's feet. And, 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 and so certainly that is about uh, really modeling what he modeled to us to uh, not lord over them with our authority, but instead to come alongside them and to mm -hmm. use strengths to help them in their areas of weakness. Uh, that's really a picture of what is. Absolutely. And I would love to have uh, Jackie and Michelle's thoughts on that. You know, one of the things that I'm very, that I always share with the leaders who are coming up in my, in this ministry is I take them to the book of Luke, where Jesus is talking to his disciples and he's talking to them about leadership. And he uses four words that I use in our ministry. And what he did was he looked at the other, the other the uh, Pharisees, the religious leaders, and he said, look at them. They try to lord over everyone. They try to exercise their power. And he looks back at the disciples and he says, not so with you. You know, he will, he calls us to be different. And so that's, a, that's something that we stick to in, in this ministry, not so with you. And to come alongside of, hold the hand of, walk with, and so I love that. Uh, Jackie, Michelle, what are your thoughts on servant leadership? Or what do you think are your guiding factors when you think of leaders that you'd you like know, to impart? You know, I think, Kim, you know, it all comes down to, did God tell you to do this? Or are you telling yourself to do this? You know, 
that's a big line right there, you know, because let me tell you, all the things I just told you I did, I didn't want to do any of those things. I never wanted to write a book. I never, I never wanted to do anything I'm doing before I started doing that. But God wouldn't let it go. I mean, he kept on to the point of reminding me, you said you'd do this if I did that. You said you would do this. And I had no choice. I literally had to do what he was telling me to do. Do you know when I wrote the first book, The Bridge, when I would go to a book signing, I couldn't even sign a person's book because I felt like I did not write that book. God wrote that book. I didn't do that. So, you know, I look at it like we're vehicles. And if we are a vehicle that God wants to use, he has so many special features on that vehicle. Number one, he's such a gentleman. And if God has chosen you to be one of his vehicles, he's a perfect gentleman. You got to let him open those doors for you. You don't just start opening doors and walking through. Let God open those doors, Kim, you know? And, and oh my gosh, you know, you've got to, here's the thing. You gotta watch for red lights. You know, on that dashboard, if you see a, if you see that caution light, the service light, the red light, you know, just because something looks good to the eye does not mean it's from God. It may look like it's gonna open so many doors for you, and you're thinking, oh, this is really going to promote me out. And it may not be from God at all. Right. You gotta really pray for discernment. You gotta pray for discernment. You've got to have God's hand on it. I, I love that. And to our audience and our listeners, you know, you know, I, just take and jot down these notes because you're, you're getting some really deep principles here that will literally, you know, I always say, um, Jackie, to me, I'll, you know, I, I, I can break that down into to a few words. I just tell people stay in your lane. <laughs> you know, you know, and I've got that too. Stay, stay in your lane. If you start running off into someone else's lane, number yes. one, you have lost focus on what God tell you to do. That's now right. Your eyes are on what they're doing. And the next thing you know, you're in a ditch. Well, that's God right. can't and use you anymore. That's right. And Michelle, that's where we start comparing and competing. Don't you think? Absolutely. You know, servant leaders are the only type of leaders that can be trusted honestly, because yes. it's not really about them. Their outward focus and their eyes are set upon empowering you to be the fullness of who God intended. And they're going to like, like uh, Ms. Carmen said, walk alongside you just like Jesus did. And so I want to be the very thing, I, you know, I'm looking for safe places and I found those places and they've been an, an incredible uh, place where I could grow and mature. And I want to be that exact same thing for someone else. I want to create that environment and yep. you know, walk alongside with other people and to show them that they can do things they probably didn't even know they could do. And, uh, and so that's just what servant leader is. It empowers you to see beyond what you think you can do and this become the thing God intended. And it's a beautiful thing. It is. And that goes back to what Carmen um, and Jackie were saying. And it's, it's like as a leader, as a servant leader, if you're walking with your people and, and for you who are listening, if you're walking with your people, then you're able to get to know your people. And only by getting to know your people can you encourage them. And only by getting to know them can we stir up the gifts inside them, right? Like we're told. We must get to know them, right, Carmen? When we see them, we see things uh, as more seasoned leaders. We can see things in them that can spark something. Yes, absolutely. 
One of the things that we have to remember as leaders is that we are replaceable and that we want to be replaced, right? Yes. When, you know, Christ himself, he was preparing 12 men to be the ones who followed, carried his ministry to, throughout the world. And so we all want our ministries to continue once we're gone. So it's important for us to see the talent that is around us and to begin to develop it, to give them opportunity to express it, uh, to give them a platform to shine, to come alongside them and encourage them and thinking all the time, honey, I am developing you to replace me. And yes. you may have several, it's not just one person, but you're, you're doing that with several women uh, so that whatever you do, ministry, business, whatever, you know, it's going to go on when you're gone. Mm -hmm. add to that. I'd like to add to that, if that's okay. Yeah. Yes, um, yes. So I have the same mentality, of course, with leadership, but also in mission work. Mm -hmm. um, I've seen mission work go great, and I've seen mission work go terrible. And if they are back to the same place they were after you've left, what did you do, right? But right. you want to empower them to no longer need you in yeah. the future so they can continue to grow and develop a beautiful new generation that is doing better and living and thriving on their own. But you dropped that seed and, and gave and, and provided the discipleship for them to do that. And that's proper mission work. That's proper leadership. Well, and I think, then, I think, I think you said it right there. When I, when I, I spent 20, almost 20 years in Baltimore, you all, when I left, I had been, you know, God led me there to, to continue the ministry of roses and rainbows. And we, and, and, and we worked really hard at developing from no women to many, many women when we left. As a matter of fact, that's where it grew globally. But here's the thing. When I left, people were so surprised that the ministry carried on. And I said, but if it hadn't, then I would not have been doing my job. Right. Had it not carried on, then I would have been, it would have been all about Kim. It would not have been pouring into others so that it would go on. So I think that what you said there, Michelle, is so true is that if we're doing it the way God would want it to do, then we should be able to step away and it should be able to, to move forward. And I, I see Jackie trying to jump in here. Jackie, what are you thinking? Well, I think you're exactly right. That's where the discernment comes in. Am I doing this for me or am I doing it for God? Yes. <laughs> Telling you. You know, when I host, and here's another thing, when I hosted the Christian View, when we had the panel of women, they started wanting to bring in big names as, as guests um, to, now part of that sounds really good, okay? Yeah, let's bring in some star power and that will um, boost our ratings, bring on so many likes, but God pulled me aside and said, did I tell you to do that? No, he didn't tell me to start bringing on celebrities. No. And you know what happens when that happens? God is the celebrity. Jesus is the star of the show. And my goodness, if you start bringing on these star powers, they become, they become who you're focusing on. Listen, that's exactly where we are with Christian Vogue magazine. When we start looking for our covers, we're not looking for people who, who can bring big ratings and this. We're looking for people who have a testimony that when people read it, 
it can literally change their life forever yeah. because yes. that is where it's at. And yeah. then, look, we're only here to bring people to the Lord. Yes. I mean, that's what not to not to bring them to anybody but Jesus. That's and right. When we leave out from here. That's what we need somebody coming in behind us, filling our shoes, doing the exact same thing, bringing people to the Lord. Absolutely, Jackie, what you think, you make me think of, you know, no one would have chosen the Samaritan woman, but Jesus did. And look what happened. You know, you choose the one that God has chosen, and then you don't have to worry about popularity or ratings. Oh, she, 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 she got her popularity. Yes. God, God knows the hearts he can use. He knows the hearts for him and the hearts he can use. So that, so, so uh, listeners, as you hear this, you know, there, there's another big principle is that you don't, you know, we don't always go with who everyone maybe suggests to be in leadership or to build our team. It comes through prayer and fasting, doesn't it, ladies? We have to go to God and let him build our team because we, yes. we, we do that. We're, we're discovering these hidden gems. Okay, so let's move right along here because we have a couple other big topics that I want to talk about that I want our listeners to glean from you, uh, wise women. And that is, you know, in the, this role of leadership, how, how do we handle it all? And that means, you know, how, how do we... How do we fulfill our roles as wife or mother or grandmother or, 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 or friend or nurse or occupation or when something goes wrong or someone has an illness or, you know, like we're just, you know, we're women just like everyone else. They just don't see the everyday battles and the things that happen and the car accidents and, you know, all those things. You know, how do you personally give us a couple of principles that speak into the lives of the of uh, these this newer generation or other people who are just starting in ministry? Share with us, if you each will, a couple of principles or let's start out with one. How do how do you handle how do you handle life and, and maintain your ministry? I'll I'll say <laughs> okay. I'll say um, it's really important to know why you do what you do. Uh, and I say that because if I follow the rope of why I say I used to say yes to everything, it came from a place of needing to please people. Um, and having a really tough relationship with my dad at one point, you know, growing up. And so needing to please him and needing to say yes. And then it kind of grew from there. And so I was running myself ragged, trying to make sure that I was accepted by people, right? Yes. But then you get to a place where you, where you, where you grow and you learn and you mature, you, the Holy Spirit show you who you are in Christ. And it becomes a foundation of who you are. And you believe that as the truth. And then from there, you realize that everything that's presented to you is not always supposed to add. Some things are there to pull from you, right? They come glittering and and shining, but at the end of the day, it wears you out and you have no energy for yourself or for your family. And so I remember speaking to one of my mentors and I asked her the exact same thing because she's well known, has a bunch of Grammys. She's, you know, everybody's pulling on her. I said, how do you do it? She said, listen, if you keep saying yes to everybody, they'll kill you. She said, she said, they will kill you. She said, this is what you need to do. Learn master the beautiful word of no or not right now. Yes. And then um, ask the Holy Spirit, what is for me in this, pay, in, this, in this season? And do that because there's grace on that. Amen. And, then, and then do it with excellence and knowing that God is going to bless what you put your hands to. It does. And it gives other people opportunity to do things too. If you're yes, not trying exactly. to do it all right. Absolutely. <laughs> exactly right. Yes. 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 
That's so important. And I, I know for me, it's seeking God first, just like the scripture says, seek him first and all these other things will be added. Uh, whatever we're looking for in the day is going to come from our Lord. And so it's important for me to seek him the very first thing. And I can remember in my younger years and climbing the corporate ladder and, and it would be like, well, Lord, I'm just so busy. I'm just so busy. And, but he, he taught me early on, but if you give me your first hour or, or whatever amount of time, uh, your day will go smoother. Your day will go smoother. I'm going to give you refreshment from the word that you're going to be able to use for yourself. There are going to be opportunities during the day when you're going to be able to encourage someone, but it's all going to start with your time with me in the morning. So mm -hmm. I have stuck with that for my goodness, 35, 40 years mm -hmm. now. Uh, and, and I can't imagine living otherwise. Uh, it truly does cause everything else to fall in place. So when you say you can't make time for the Lord, you're just too busy, uh, then you are too busy. <laughs> uh, Ooh, that, that reminds me, that, Carmen, that reminds me of the quote that from Martin Luther King. He said, I have so much to do today. I must spend my, the, my first three hours in prayer with the Lord. <laughs> so, there you go. It's like, there you go right there. Uh, and so Jackie, this was your question, uh, your thoughts. What, mm -hmm. what, what do you have to say about this? What's your, well, you know, I look, I look back in the very beginning, Kim, with the first book. And I was literally at my desk doing office work around the clock when God, God just started dictating all these things in my head that he wanted me to write. But, you know, I go back to Proverbs 3, 6, and it says, in all thy ways acknowledge him, and he will direct your path. And, and then I look at all these projects. It started in 2000. I was just writing this down. This has been over a 12-year period, even though it seemed like it was all at one time, and at some point, it just seemed like it all came together. It really didn't, because I've always said God spoon feeds us. And because he knows if he shows us the overall picture of all the things, if he had shown, Kim, had he shown me, you, not only are you going to write this book, you're going to write a second one, and then you're going to go on with this other guy, and you're going to write two more, and then that's going to be a movie, and then that's going to be told. I would have been so overwhelmed that I would have literally crawled into my prayer closet and never come out. But because he spoon-fed me, and you, uh, you've heard him say he's not going to put more on you. Where he guides, he's definitely going to provide. He's going to provide you the energy. He's going to provide you the sound mind, the clarity. He's going to provide everything that he needs you to do to get what he wants from you because he's driving the vehicle, not you. He should be the one tired, not you. He's, he's working through you. He's got all the energy. Hey, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, he's got all the energy in the world and he's doing it, it's not me. So I look back at all these things and they were they were babies, each one was just a baby step forward. You know, do this, yes, do this, yes. And then he would pull aside all of that stuff and let us enjoy because that was work, that was work. And no right. matter how you look at it, interviews, traveling to, to shows, it's work. And but at some of those places, he would just pull back and he said, okay, now I'm going to let you enjoy something. And he would put us up for a nomination for an award. 
And he would say, now go have fun with that. And we'd all come have fun with that. And then right. it'd be, he said, all right, now back to work. And we'll get back on something. But it's not like he gives you everything at one time. Just yes. do what he's telling you today to do. There you go. So that's, that's your principle. I love that. Because if, like you said, if God were to tell us everything that we're going to do the next five years, or maybe even the next week, right? We could be so overwhelmed. So I love that. We make our plans, but God directs our steps. So do Ephesians 2.10. God says he gives us opportunities on a daily basis. So just to do like the manna, take the manna, take the, take the itinerary for today. And that kind of comes back to what Carmen, I think, and Michelle were saying, spending that time with God. You know, as a leader, we have to remember servant leadership. We have to remember who we're serving and yes. it's not the popularity contest. It's not what everyone wants us to do. You know, one of the things I talk about so much is if we don't know what we're supposed to be doing, we're going to be doing what everyone expects us to do. And we are we're going to get out of our lane. <laughs> we're going to be, yes. And we're going to be exhausted, worn out. And that begins to spiral down. So as leaders, if you're listening here today, if you're feeling bitter, if you're feeling restless, if you're feeling uh, resentful, if you're feeling overworked, these, these are... You know what these are? These are indications of your good heart that you've allowed yourself to say yes, 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 yes to. And God is saying, but I didn't get you into that. And so now, mm -hmm. Michelle, how do we start? How do we start? How do we start backing out of that, Michelle? If we've just we're overwhelmed. I mean, what do, what do we do? Let's let's. Well, I think I think the most important thing is to communicate that honestly. And I really believe that if people. Uh, who you're around, love you and understand your heart, know, know you as a woman of God, man of God, uh, they'll know that you're not being, you know, in some way harmful to them by saying no, but they will care for you and say, I understand. And how can I pray for you? How can I support you in that? Mm -hmm. And so, um, but I think the most important thing is to make sure that you communicate that and make it clear and i am hopefully those around you will understand and want to help support you in that in that note yeah that's good that's good either anybody else have carmen were you going to say something no, i do i want to yeah. i want to just elaborate on what she said there for a yeah. second about saying no yes for a long time i could not say no i just mm -hmm. but my dad died march 2013 and he died like on a thursday night and I was scheduled to speak on Saturday morning. And my dad was my everything. And he had a heart attack in the middle of the night. And it was so sudden and it was so out of the blue and so tragic that I couldn't even I'm comprehend sorry. what had happened. And when I called this lady to tell her, I can't make that speaking. There's no way I could have done it. We were at the funeral. <laughs> I couldn't do that. She got very upset with me because I couldn't do that and I, because I couldn't come. And let me tell you something. When I see, you got to start looking at the overall picture. When a person gets upset because you say no, are they in the right place with God? <laughs> I mean, is their heart in the right place? Or are they just trying to get you there? To make them look good. I mean, this thing is so wide and broad and you have got to have God's discernment and you can't just go on what somebody wants you to do. You've got to go on what God is telling you to do. And God was not telling me to drop my dad's funeral. <laughs> but, but I do say, he says, let the dead bury the dead and you go on and do this. 
But he but, didn't leave me to do that. And, and you know what, Jackie, who knows, but that you were serving as a great example to her that it's okay, you know, that, that they're, mm-hmm. and I'm so sorry that, I'm so sorry about your father's death, but thank you, thank that you. That was years yeah. ago, yes. Yeah, yeah, uh, yes. And that, and but those things stay with us, don't they? And so. Mm-hmm. They do. Yeah, and, and for and for those who are listening out there, I think, you know, from, from all three perspectives of, learning to communication and, and that it's hard to say no sometimes isn't it Carmen it's it's hard to you feel like you're letting someone down but you truly do you truly do no you know if you love people you you what what they're asking you to do is a, a good thing it's not yes. that they're asking you to do something evil yeah. uh, and you love them you want to give that time to them but sometimes the Lord says enough enough you have got to mm-hmm that healthy boundaries in your life. Maybe it's for your health. Maybe it's to uh, protect your family, to keep your family strong. Maybe Mm -hmm. it's because the Lord is just saying, you know, there's another direction I'm trying to to grow you and and you're avoiding it by getting involved in all of these things. So to me, it truly is about being obedient to the Lord. uh, You know, Carmen, Galatians tells us in six. Yes. We can grow weary in well-doing. Yes. We can grow weary. We can grow so tired in trying to do good. That's yeah. right. And That's then we're right. going to Yeah. That's right. That's right. And then we can tend to give up, get frustrated. And, right. you know, and then there's another side of us that comes out, you know, because we're just, we're not ourselves. We're not rested. So, you yes. know, for, so for our audience, I think uh, audience and friends that are listening, you know, it's so important for us. Again, you're hearing the theme of leadership in this, which is to go, you know, Jesus went to his father every morning, you know, yeah. he, and, and said, and someone said to me, well, Kim, if, if God knows, if, you know, every step we're going to make, why doesn't he just send down a, you know, a, a yearly plan, you know, just like, yeah. you know, so we, so we can check it off. And I said, because he loves us that much. Yeah. What, what do you mean? He wants that fellowship with us. He wants us yeah. to come to him. Yes, of course he knows, but, but future leaders and leaders that are listening to this, you know, the most important thing that we do as leaders, don't you all agree? Is out keeping our relationship with God. Good. You gotcha. know, I catch myself sometimes, you know, in the Bible to prepare for what someone else needs to hear, you know, or how I need to teach. I have to always go to him first. Like, what do I need? You know? And so as leaders, I think that is always your, your first priority is to maintain, you know, uh, Billy Graham, they asked him, uh, not long before he died. Uh-oh. If you, if you could change anything about your life, if you could do anything differently, what would you do? And he said, you know, people thought that he was going to say, oh, I would do more revivals or I would do more. You know, he said, I would have spent more time at the foot of the cross. And Amen. You know, that, that really right there as leaders, it, it, you know, the greatest, one of the greatest leaders ever. Well, ladies, we have about five minutes left and I want to get to this very important topic. Uh, I see where we're going to have to do some follow-ups already, but we have to. <laughs> We have to do Michelle's uh, point, which was so wonderful in this thing of leadership and not trying to overdo from Jackie's perspective. Michelle, how do we work with difficult people? How, how, do we, how do we deal with those who come across kind of like what Jackie had said and they don't like our decisions. They don't like, how, let's as a panel talk about how do we deal with, with those type of people? 
I think it's important to, to have the right perspective, right? First of all, we are all different and that's very intentional. God is very creative. We're not supposed to be cookie cutters the same. <clears throat> and so we understand that as we come together, um, there's something that you bring to the table. There's something valuable that you bring. And even if there's a rub there, there's a wonderful opportunity to grow during that rub, right? You learn that you don't need to go and tell everybody what so-and-so did or didn't like, right? You learn how to, to cover them and pray that, um, kind of overlook the symptoms of that, 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 that thing and go deeper and say, God, I pray for whatever that thing is that's, that she's dealing with. And you learn how to be a good steward and a good sister in Christ to that person, even when it's difficult. And I tell you, it's great to see God and learn when you're on the mountain, but you really get the deep stuff, <laughs> the good stuff, when there's a rub and when there's tension and when you're uncomfortable, when you're in a valley, that's when you get to see God work through you in the most powerful ways. And so we don't wanna pull away when we feel uncomfortable, when there's, when there's a little bit of a dissension or some issue there, but Lord, what are you teaching me in this moment? And how can I display your power in this moment that may even help that person realize gosh, I want what she's got, right? How did you do that? When I was being difficult, you just had this grace, right? So it's the beautiful opportunity to just display God and grow as a believer and a leader. Mm -hmm. Michelle, mm -hmm. what I love everything you just said. And, you know, for future leaders to understand to not look at someone else and say, you're wrong or it, it, that, that's not our business. Our business is, like you said, how can I grow from this? How can I help them? What can I learn? We, we teach here, you know, that, uh, that opposition is always an opportunity. Um, but, you know, most of the time it's more for us, you know, to show or extend grace. Uh, Carmen or Jackie, we have just about two minutes left. What would you all say? Well, I found that people who are um, maybe unkind to us, say ugly things perhaps, I have found that they usually have a wound. They have a wound, they're hurting people. And so it always challenges me to be kinder to them, to try to get to know them past the issue that you're discussing so that you can find out where that hurt is. So you can say, you know, let me pray with you. I, I just sense there there's a, an issue that you need someone to come alongside you. And I would love to do that. I think of Colossians 3.12 that says that uh, I wrote it down. God chose you to be the holy people that he loves and to put on tender uh, humility and gentleness and patience. So we have to be the bigger person. Uh, in those situations and reflect Christ back to the hurting world that needs to needs to have it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And um, Jackie, do you have a response? Yeah, I do. I think the first thing we do when we come up on uh, situations like that is we pray about it. We talk to God about it because God knows everything in that person's heart. He knows everything in my heart. And then you just pray that God, what would Jesus do? Ask yourself, how would Jesus handle this situation? What would he say? What would he do? And just love them. Let Just love them through Jesus. Let Jesus fill you with the Holy Spirit so that you're like loving them through Jesus and that they can see Jesus in you because he can change their heart. We can't, but he can do what we can't do. So let's let him do his job. Absolutely. Um, I cannot believe that our time is is up um and so for our audience and our listeners i want to thank you so much for joining us and i would like to give i, I can give each of you 30 seconds for an ending thought 
if you had one thing to say to uh, a future generation or those who are stepping into leadership, if you could say something in 30 seconds that you want to be remembered as your statement to them, what would you say to them? Let's start with you, Carmen. I would say strive to be the leader that you have seen in a great leader. In other words, give yourself uh, to, to the Lord to work through you, to be a servant leader. And uh, the, the rewards of that just come back tenfold. Uh, be who God made you to be, not what the world is trying to tell you you should be. Awesome. Beautiful, beautiful. Jackie? I would just say start right now, leaving your legacy. Um, because none of us are going to be here. I just saw that with my mom who just passed away. You know, I thought I'd have her forever and I didn't. And, you know, you just kind of lose your way when you lose your mom. But it also wakes you up to a lot of things. And I would say start working every single day on leaving a legacy behind for your kids, your grandkids. You know, I wrote my first book, not for anybody else, but just for my family. That's why I thought I was writing it, to leave for my family as a legacy so they can see how I prayed every day and how God gave us a miracle. And, you know, I've even got my kids. I've told them when I, even when I die, I want to keep testifying. And I've yes. told them on my tombstone to put Psalm 91, where miracles reside. So if yes. somebody's walking in the cemetery that day, they can still, if they're struggling, they can say Psalm 91 for miracles. See, God, you still uses things like that. That's I mean, anything right. that we can leave behind, any tool we can That's leave behind that somebody else can pick up and go with for the Lord. That's finish beautiful. Finish your race. Finish your race well. Come in with yes. a strong finish. Yes. Thank you. Thank you, dear one. And Michelle, 30 seconds. Oh, gosh. Okay. So I would basically say, you know, you will never trust who you don't know. So if you're struggling with trusting the Lord, get to know him even more. Get mm. to know him because that's the foundation upon which everything else you're ever going to go through is based upon. Know him. He wants to be known. And that is, is, is the foundation that keeps you sturdy when the storms of life come, the highs and lows. Mm -hmm. It keeps you in the right place in him. So we never get to a place where we, we, we know all of what we need to know about him. We'll continue to grow forever until we see him face to face. So let's dig deep and get in his face and get to know his heart. Absolutely. Ladies, thank you all so very much. Oh, it, it's just been delightful to hear your wisdom, your principles. And I just thank you for pouring into uh, each other and to those who will be listening and I would like to just encourage you listeners to remember all the things that have been said here tonight. But I think that the thread that the golden, beautiful thread that's been woven here tonight is that to be a good leader, you have to be in love with Jesus. You have to know his word. You have to spend time with him. You have to make him priority. You have to be able to go and stand alone if you're the last one standing to do what you think God has called you to do. That takes, uh, it takes Jesus and the Holy Spirit working in you, but that is the way that Jesus led. And what did Jesus say at the end? I have served, I've done everything, God, that you've asked me to do. And that's what we want to do. And we can start doing that today. And I would also encourage you to always have a mentor. Never go at it alone. Have God in the spirit and a person in the flesh and, and walking with them. <laughs> So, thank you so much for joining us. Ladies, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Love it. Bye, everyone. And I hope that you'll come back and stay tuned for our next session with um, our 
uh, ministry, the woman behind the ministry, it's going to be called maturing in ministry. Do you know that we mature as we minister? So we're going to be talking about that next time. I hope to see you there with a brand new panel. Ladies, thank you. Love you. Thank Bye-bye. you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, listeners. See you next time.